Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. It's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation. You can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Skyline. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in just a bit. we got to talk some EYBL. Some NFL draft, and we're going to wrap with um, Diddy or Diddy Not Snoop. That's a new game that I've created that I'm going to grill Kyle with. <laughs> so, but let's start with well, Kyle is on the phone right now driving back as we were recording on Saturday afternoon from the first EYBL stop. That is, wait, what does that stand for? Elite Youth Basketball League, right? Correct. Nike's, uh, Nike's um, tour on the grassroots slash AAU circuit. So he got to see a lot of Kentucky targets. He got to see a lot of coaches. He got to see just a lot overall. But he didn't get to see much of Atlanta because if I'm remembering correctly, Kyle, uh, that facility Nowhere is... near Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, it's like way... It, it, like when you read it, it goes, oh, EYBL stop in Atlanta, and it's like over an hour outside of the city. So anyway, that's pr- probably a net positive overall not having to deal with traffic. So, uh, But Kyle, let's jump in to talking about some of these guys. The guy that I think is... Probably the most front of mind for a lot of recruiting fans, basketball fans, and Kentucky fans from a recruiting standpoint is R.J. Hampton, and that's because there's still a possibility of he him reclassifying. Um, of, I think most people understand all these guys that are playing in these circuits are going, quote-unquote, into their senior years. So right now they're 2020 prospects. Uh, but Hampton is leaving it pretty open to the fact that he might reclassify. Yeah, and, and his dad basically said there's a greater than 50% chance that he will. Um, he said he's going to decide after the week after Peach Jam, which is in July. I think that decision's pretty close to already made. It, it feels to me like he's going to be a 2019 guy. He's going to reclassify and early enroll. Uh, so, uh, you know, then the question is, well, I, would, I guess I would say if, if he was staying in 2020, I would love Kentucky's chances. For him, I would think they are in a really good spot. But if he moves to 2019, which seems most likely, then you go, well, is there really room for him or is there a need for him? Uh, you know, one thing that his dad talked a lot about today was him wanting him to play on the ball. Uh, well, they have a point guard. You know, Duke has a point guard. Um, and so two other schools that are recruiting him are Memphis. And Kansas, and they're they're really on him, and they have some good pieces, but they really need a point guard. Um, to me, and you know, uh, Adam Zagoria, who a lot of people know, said, you know, hearing you say that to the dad, hearing you say that about wanting him to be on the ball, like that, that most people would say that Kansas or Memphis would fit better. And he said, you know, am I hearing that wrong? He said, no, you're not hearing it wrong. Uh, you know, we want him to do that. That's what he's you know think we think he is at the next level, and yada yada yada. But then he circled back and said, you know, Cal knows how to work his magic. You know, Cal has, uh, RJ himself said, you know, Cal told him, It'll, we can make it work. We've played with multiple point guards. They've had, you know, multiple five-star point guards on the same roster. Um, they sort of have three point guards now. I mean, uh, Emmanuel quickly came out of high school as a, a top point guard, five-star point guard. Uh, Ashton Hagen's obviously returning as the starting point guard, was a five-star point guard. Uh, and then Tyrese Maxey is kind of a combo guard, but he's 
I think most in most people's mind probably penciled in to be the essentially the starting two guard and and backup point guard. So you you really don't have a need for that. Um, but it sounds like they still want another guard. And and there also we we should note there's a good chance they get Johnny Duzang this week. I mean he's on an official visit. He's now announced he's definitely reclassified. They are far and away the leader for him, a five star kind of shooting guard slash wing. So how many guards do they really want or need? Um, but it to hear RJ Hampton and his dad tell it that Kentucky's still pushing for that. They want him in the twenty nineteen class and they've told him it you know, we can make it work. Um so that's uh, that's all really interesting to me. Uh, Cal Perry watched him play. Uh, you know, the whole staff pretty much was watching him at one point or another. They obviously have prioritized him. Um, I, it's just hard for me to believe hearing his dad talk about wanting to see him on the ball that that Kentucky is the right fit this year. Mm-hmm. In 2020, I think it'd be like a shoe in, perfect situation. So um, I don't know. I. My my guess, if I were making a prediction for him, I would say Memphis. But I just it's really notable that both the dad and and the kid himself kept coming back to Kentucky, kept saying it's you know uh, you know RJ said I'm not afraid of competition, I'm not afraid like I believe in myself enough that I'm not afraid to go there because they have a bunch of other guards. And his dad also said one interesting thing like a time here would be fine just as long as you got some time at the point. Hmm. And that's interesting, you know, because you've got. Then maybe you have an offense defense type point guard. You know, if you're in a matchup where you really need a stopper, you play play Hagen's more at the point. If you need a score, you play RJ Hampton at the point. Could they do that? Maybe. Would some people get really mad? Would a couple sets of parents and players get really mad if they added Johnny Duzang and RJ Hampton to this class? Like, would some people feel like, well, what the heck are you doing? Like, <laughs> where are my minutes or my kids' minutes coming from? Probably so. But it doesn't sound like Cal is too worried about that. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I mean, is is he playing purely point guard? And I know obviously the grassroots basketball, it's kind of always tough to judge. But I mean, if he's playing that, does he look like a, like a point guard, or is this a situation where yeah. you know, like people in the past sometimes like, oh, he wants to be a point guard, and then you watch him play, and you're kind of like, hey, the guy's not really a point guard. What what is Hampton's yeah, game? No, I, I mean, I think he can be a point guard. Yeah, I I, I do. I think. Um, and, and, you know, I think if he went to Memphis or Kansas, especially Memphis, he'd be the starting point guard. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think he's a viable, a viable guy there. He's just a a scoring guard who can handle it. Um, you know, the other thing I'm I'm mentioning Memphis here, the other thing, big, a big takeaway I have from this couple days uh, on the Nike circuit is Memphis is making moves, man. And it's not just, guys out of Memphis anymore. Um, you know, Jalen Green is a five-star guy, I think number two in the class of 2020. There's a lot, a lot of buzz. It's like Memphis is the is where he's going to end up. Um, R.J. Hampton could reclassify and end up there and play with James Wiseman, and they could still get Trendon Watford, or, you know, there's a couple other options for them. And Memphis is going to end up being loaded in this next, this next season, and I saw a, like, seven or eight fans in Memphis gear all clustered together, sitting together, cheering for Jalen Green during his game uh, in Atlanta at this AAU thing. That's a thing that you see Kentucky fans do and, like, really no other fan base 
does, other than you see a hat, a hat here or there. But you'll see a bunch of Kentucky fans kind of wandering around these events sometimes. But I've never really seen a big group of any other fan base, and there were a big bunch of Memphis fans out. Um, and so that, to me, that's pretty interesting. Like you start hearing, you know, every we're always talking to like you know, what the top twenty, twenty-five guys. Every pretty much every recruit, Kentucky. Uh, beat writers are, are out talking to. They're all the, the top, top guys, five-star guys. And so it's always the same kind of group of schools with a handful of, you know, some random school thrown in because of the hometown deal or whatever. But it's always, you know, Duke, Kentucky, Carolina, Kansas. Well, now these same guys are talking about those schools and Memphis, uh, many of them. Not all, but, but quite a few are talking about Memphis. And so uh, I, I would just point that out, that there's, they are making moves. Coming up next, we are going to talk about an elite prospect who called Kentucky his dream school and then discuss the NFL draft. But before that, I do want to tell you guys about Skyline Chili, which is my favorite neighborhood restaurant because, you know, it's not just a drive through It's not just a sit-down place. It's both. You can do either one and be comfortable uh, either way. When I go, I'm normally getting a couple conies with the mustard and the onion. That's what I really, really like. Uh, if I go in and sit down for the meal, it's great because I love that they set you up with the oyster crackers, which Kyle had no idea what I was talking about until we went into the Lexington location off of Richmond Road and got them. And then I showed how it's just a delicious little appetizer to get you get you ready before they bring your dishes. You can get the conies, you can get the three ways. You got they got the chili cheese fries, which are also delicious. It's a cool spot to go in, sit down, and you see just the mounds of cheese going around. It really gets your mouth watering. Um, over Lent, I did a little meatless thing, so I wasn't eating uh, meat at all. Um, but now I'm back on the meat, so I'm going to be heading to Skyline, too. So maybe I'll see you there. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, Kyle, so there was a guy, and this is kind of like, it kind of got, when all these quote, this quote got tweeted out by everyone who's down there, it got a little bit of pushback because it seems like almost any time a guy says Kentucky's his dream school, he doesn't end up going there. I can't think of specific examples off the top of my head, but I've heard this before and then things didn't work out. But, I mean, it's never bad to be somebody's dream school, I guess. Yeah, Jalen Johnson, he's like a 6'8", small forward. He's, I think, the number three in the 247 composite. He's the number three overall prospect in the country in 2020. He said, you know, it's me and Ben Roberts, two or three people over there, and I was just asking him about Kentucky. I think I just asked a general question, like, where is Kentucky in your thought process? And he, he said, they're my dream school. And that surprised a lot of people because he's widely considered a Duke guy. Um, if you look at his crystal ball on 247, I think it's like 78% for Duke. Uh, it's picked for Wisconsin. He's a Wisconsin guy. It's really interesting. There's a team from Wisconsin that's got like three uh, top 10-ish guys, really elite players out of Wisconsin. And for Wisconsin, you know, they've seen some guys leave their state, Tyler Hero being a pretty uh, uh, bitter pill for them to swallow. And, it, you know, it looks like all these top guys right now uh, that they have coming up in their state are also going to leave. And uh, like I said, Jalen Johnson's one of those who called Kentucky his, his dream school today. Duke is a, is a major contender. He did talk about Duke in, in glowing terms. He talked about Kentucky in really glowing terms. Um, uh, you know, there, there's a handful of other guys that are in that state that are, that are really good right now. That Kentucky's really kind of in on all of them. Uh, Calipari was there watching, um, watching their game and, and watched the entirety of it. 
uh, he really was, uh, I'll have something in the athletic this week, but it was interesting because Cal didn't really bounce around. And, and, and that's sort of significant because this is the only live period for the coaches uh, on this a, on this EYPL circuit. It's the only weekend where they're allowed to be out and be, one, evaluating, and two, uh, be seen. Uh, and so you're obviously very limited time. It's helpful for Cal that uh, basically every, well, not basically, every single guy that's got an offer in the 2020 class is on the Nike circuit, all of Kentucky's offers. So they were able to stay in one place, but still there's a lot of guys to see. Um, and so you think maybe he bounces around, but what he did instead was he would pick a game in a session and sit there for the entirety of it, front and row, front row, front and center with all the kids to see him. Um, and, and it was, for that reason, it was kind of easy to tell who are they prioritizing. Uh, and Jalen Johnson's on that list. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see if the dream school, the, the <laughs> saying they're the dream school translates into them getting them. But the other thing, kind of along the lines with, Noticing Memphis really making a move. The other thing I feel like I've noticed out of this weekend is that all the all the talk about Kentucky not getting the top top guys anymore may come to an end in this class because mm. they're in on so many top ten players and seem to be you know in decent to really good shape with enough of them that I feel like that narrative uh, may change. I you know. Isaiah Todd's just outside the top ten. I think he's 11 or somewhere like that. I tell you, I like him a lot. He's a really, really, really good player. Uh, he plays on Scotty Barnes' team floor in the class that they're recruiting. Um, and those guys just dominated this morning in a game. They won a game by like 50. They were up 40. They were still full court pressing and throwing lobs off the backboard. Um, and Isaiah Todd is just a terrific. He's like 6'11", I think, maybe 7 feet. Um got room to fill out but he's not you know scrawny and he really defends aggressively he was contesting everything he also stepped out and made a bunch of jump shots made a couple three-pointers at that size um and Cowell again was front row front and center for the entirety of that game and I would be really surprised if Todd doesn't pick Kentucky I, I think they're the leader for him uh, I think they're in good shape with a bunch of other top guys and um he by the way he was a potential reclass but he says he's saying uh, in 2020, the one, and I think that's pretty solid, but I asked him, you know, if there was a team that said all of a sudden really needed a big guy and, and started pushing on you to reclassify, what you think of it? And he said, I'd have to sit down with my mom and talk about it, basically. But my thinking and asking that was, should Kentucky not get Blackshear and should one of the other guys, EJ or Nick, surprise people and leave? Kentucky's going to need a big guy, bad. And you could do a lot worse than to go pluck that kid. He's ready to play college basketball right now. He'll be way ready if he stays in high school another year. Uh, but I think they're the front runner for him, and I think if it came down to it, they might be able to sway him and, and get him this year. So we'll be talking a ton of recruiting uh, over the summer. We hope to have a, a couple guests uh, to talk about some things and, and kind of get a, a good gauge of where uh, Kentucky stands on all those prospects that Kyle just mentioned and, and where people kind of feel that those recruitments are going. Um, so just stay tuned for all that. We do need to mention, obviously, uh, we're recording here on Saturday. It's about quarter to six, so the seventh round is still in progress, um, but there have been three more Kentucky players drafted since we last talked to you guys. 
Lonnie Johnson was the second Kentucky player drafted. He was number 55th overall in the second round to the Houston Texans. Mike Edwards was the third player drafted. He was in the third round, number 99 overall to the Tampa Bay Bucks. And then Benny Snell was the fourth UK player drafted in the fourth round. He was number 122 overall, and he went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So kind of a cool little nugget there. Kentucky had a player going in each of the first four rounds. They were one of four schools to do that. Uh, Bama and Ohio State and Oklahoma was the other one. Uh, so cool note there. I think that those are some pretty good fits. Snell, like I think that's I think Vince Merrow was just making was pleading with the Steelers to take him because he's like if you built a Steelers back, he would be Benny Snell. Now I am interested to see like the ego that Benny Snell kind of does have. I think that it's beneficial that he got knocked down a peg, and I'm not saying that he deserved that, but. He'll be able to have that chip solidly back on his shoulder uh, starting his NFL career uh, out. Uh, Obviously, I've loved Mike Edwards from the moment he stepped on campus. I think third round is probably about where he deserved to be. Um, Interested to see how he does down in in Tampa. And then Lonnie Johnson with the Texans, who I believe have kind of a history with the giant corners, if I'm recalling correctly. There could be an NFL fan out there that would call me an idiot, but I mean, Kyle, that that's about where I guess all those guys were slotted to go. Benny probably went a little bit higher than uh, people anticipated lately, but uh, I think probably the most surprising thing to this point is the fact that there hasn't been a fifth Kentucky player drafted, and I'm guessing there might be, but you know, you'd think someone would take a flyer on one of those other talented dudes. Yeah, CJ Conrad, Darius West, uh, I mean, Darius West thought made, some, made himself some money uh, with some of his, uh, you know, workout, was it, I don't know if it was a combine or the pro day, I can't remember, that he put up the really good 40 time and vertical and all those all those things, and he obviously has some great film from a, a really good uh, senior season at Kentucky. I would think him, uh, Darius West, he's good Conrad. Um, Derek Beatty, uh, um, I've heard a lot of people really like. He was he was a really, I mean, if you're just going on, on field-wise, I think he was Kentucky's best corner this season. Um, and then I heard some people who, you know, cover football say that he has the possibility to transfer over to a safety position if the cornerback spot doesn't work out with him. So, like, I thought his versatility might get him drafted a little bit earlier uh, if he goes at all. But, I mean, there's still... Yeah, and then, and then uh, on the offensive line, uh, just totally drawing a blank right now, but... Uh, big, uh, big old Bunchy. Yeah, Bunchy Stallings. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised, actually. Um the guy ends up an All-American, <laughs> yeah, and not really on anybody's uh, radar. It seems like uh, in the draft. And then the other thing I would note is the guy probably not going is Chris Westry, who, if you asked anybody, I mean anybody, probably his freshman season, who's getting drafted off this team, like across the board, it's probably it's probably Chris Westry. I mean, Mark Stoops thought he was a used the word superstar. And by the way, to revisit and, and that, and you remind him of he, that constantly, and he hates you for well, it. Well, and he and, and he well, he said super. He said we've got a bunch of future superstars in the secondary, and you know, by like year two or three, people were laughing at him a little bit because they weren't very good. Um, but as it turns out, he was right. I mean, that secondary was really, really, really good. But the fact that Chris Westry just got seemed to get worse and worse and worse. He's this huge, what six four corner, yeah. great size, great. Speed and agility, you know, had some pretty crazy ball skills on some of those plays we saw early on. Um, the fact that he's not there now is is kind of surprising to me. Um, 
But, you know, on the flip side of that, the thing I was going to say earlier, you had a guy go in the first round, the second round, the third round, the fourth round, all of them in the top 122 picks. I don't think any of those guys were even, like, top 250 ranked recruits at all. I think um, Lonnie Edward- Johnson was a three-star uh, uh Josh Allen was a two-star. Benny Snell was a three-star. Mike Edwards was a four-star by, like, one service. Yeah. And all those guys went in the first four rounds of the NFL draft. And that is, that you know, if you're trying to sell uh, development, that is a, a huge, huge thing for Kentucky to sell to the recruits, you know, going forward. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, we'll wrap up uh, the draft coverage when everything gets in, and then we'll update you on where the free agents guys that didn't get drafted where they ended up. Uh, coming up next, we are going to get some kind of some off-the-court nuggets uh, from the EYBL uh, circuit that Kyle was at uh, this weekend. But before that, I do want to tell you guys about ZipRecruiter. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing business connects to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate within the first day. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Okay, so first, um, Kyle, with the kind of wrapping up the EYBL here, you had some fashion. Normally we only tweet about Brad Calipari's fashion, um, but there was some fashion stuff you noticed from one coach in particular uh, while you were down there in Atlanta. Yeah, Bruce Pearl was pulling the power move. Uh, everybody wears their prominent school logo gear uh, to be, be and be seen. Bruce Pearl had no Auburn logos on. He is a pretty recognizable figure, so he didn't really need that. He instead had his Final Four tracksuit on, which, by the way, I think the phenomenon of 50-plus-year-old men in <laughs> full-blown like tracksuits is one of the funniest parts of basketball. Yes. Uh, Cal, at least, wears like his dad jeans with his like tracksuit top. But the guys who wear the, the full, you know, and, the, and some of them have gone to the more fashionable, uh, you know, tapered joggers that are like tight kind of tight sweatpants that taper down tight around the ankles. And, you know, they've got the latest foot Nike footwear. You know, I, it's amazing to watch literally old men in their uh, in their basketballer uh, tracksuit. So anyway. Yeah, and I, love, I actually love the fact that, that guys that aren't there to recruit sometimes still wear those things. <laughs> Oh yeah, there were some. There were some fantastic. Uh, there were some reporters that were rolling in like outlandish 
Nikes of like well, rainbow colors. We won't we won't uh, we won't call Ben Roberts out on this podcast. So that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> ben, ben Roberts is like Ben Roberts is like Mr. Rogers. He has like nineteen of the same outfit <laughs> hanging up in his closet. It's the blue the blue short sleeve <laughs> collared shirt jeans and the uh, uh, orthopedic shoes <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, but we uh, uh ben's awesome and we're probably gonna have i was talking when we were talking earlier about having some people on he'll probably be one of them in the upcoming weeks uh to break down some yep. recruiting so the last thing we need to talk about and this is the most important thing of the podcast kyle um you have been accused of snooping of snooping yeah it's, 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 okay well uh, first off just just like rehash what you tweeted, and then uh, I, I will. I will. I'll comment, and then I want at the end of this, I want all the listeners to tweet at Locked On UK and let us know what you think about this. So go ahead. What did you see that got you accused okay. of snooping? Before I do that, there was another Kentucky player drafted in the NFL draft. George, Big George. We didn't even mention him. Big George Asapo Jay got picked in the seventh round. So good for him. So that is five and counting Kentucky players in the NFL draft. I was positioning myself behind Cal Perry a lot because one, I was trying to get, I was trying to get pictures where I, I had a picture of Cal and whoever he was there to watch, uh, sort of just to document and obviously tweet out, tweet that out. And some people kind of roll their eyes at that. But I, as I mentioned earlier, it is a with the new rule, with this being kind of the only weekend for them to be out and, you know, there not being a lot of time, him spending entire games watching guys on the first night and the first session of the of the second day really does identify who they've prioritized and who they want to make sure they are getting face time with. Um, and so I was doing that on the last night, Friday night, kind of snapping pictures of him over, kind of over his shoulder with him in the frame with guys like playing in the background. And in doing so, being behind him a lot, he kept getting on his phone and he like holds it up in front of his face, like he holds it all the way up in front of his face, and he knows there are like five rows of people because there's tons of fans back in there uh, behind him. And I, I tweeted, "I'm not snooping, but I've been behind John Calipari a lot tonight, and he has the largest font on his phone that I have ever seen for text messages." And it is true. I, I even still, I wasn't close enough to read them, so even if I was trying to snoop, my eyesight's not that good. But I was, I could still tell that the. the the letters were the size of, like, the eye chart as a doctor. And I just thought it was hilarious. And so then, of course, a bunch of people replied to me, that actually is snooping. Uh, yeah, call it what you want, but you were definitely snooping. But the highlight of that was that his daughter, Megan Calipari, responded saying, this is totally true. The man refuses to get glasses. Uh and it went back and forth, and then we found out also from that exchange from Megan Calipari that her dad is so afraid to go of anything medically related that he does, and needles that when he gets his flu shot, it is actually a nasal uh, inhaler <laughs> because he won't put a needle in his arm to get a flu shot. So I feel pretty good about putting that out in the world because it was confirmed, one, by a family member, and two, it led to uh, some... I think much deserved sort of making fun of a coach who mostly gets to hear from everybody how cool he is. Well, you were able to put it out in the world because you were able to see it because you were snooping. Nah, it's not snooping. I didn't read it. I don't know what the I don't I couldn't tell you what the message said, so that's not snooping. That's just having eyeballs. 
if you if somebody holds something up, why? Face, that's not snooping. Why were you looking at his phone though? What were, what were you trying to accomplish there? I was l- literally looking in his direction, and he held a phone up so with font so big that all I could see were letters. So wait, do that's you, not my fault. That's you, his fault. Do you have eyesight issues? No, I mean, but I can't. I'm not gonna. Well, I, I, if, if I had tried, wait, if I had focused my eyes on the phone, I could have told you what they said. But I didn't have any intention of reading his text message. I just noticed that the letters were big. That's not snooping. I don't know. Uh, this is this is kind of a dicey situation. I'm gonna need some people's feedback. Let us know what you think. You can tweet us at Locked On UK and be sure to be following us on Twitter so you can get the podcast. Uh, as soon as they come out, we post them to that feed. Um, Kyle, let everybody know where they can follow you on Twitter and see all your links uh, that you put out, including uh, you just tweeted out today, thanks to me, a story about that you wrote a couple months ago about the guy who's probably going to be the first player to be drafted in the NBA after the one-and-done rule is done. Because um, what is that, the 2021 class? Am I remembering right? 2022, maybe? 2022. Regardless, go find it. Uh, Kyle tweeted out. But anyway, what's your feed? What? It is uh, at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. And find everything else at The Athletic on The Athletic, athletic app, which is free. I am at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H, on Twitter. You can hear me on Big Blue Insider and Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Uh, last week, I had an interview with Nate Sestina. Go check out the Big Blue Insider feed or website to hear that. If you're a fan of this podcast, we got a ton of positive reaction for our interview with Nate Sestina. I got a little bit uh, more info from him, and he mentioned, as Kyle did earlier, Kerry Blackshear Jr., so go check out uh, what he had to say about the potential of another big grad transfer joining Kentucky. Um, please rate, please review, please subscribe. All those things are really important and really, really help. Uh, thanks again to Skyline Chili for sponsoring this edition of the show. Go get yourself some conies. Um, until next time. We've been Locked On Kentucky, and you've been great. Talk to you later. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Who the hell do they have? Darius West. West, Conrad, Stallings, Beatty. Was, a lot of people liked him. Oh, yeah. It's crazy Chris Webster is probably not going to get drafted. When he was the best one at the end. We'll mention that too. Yeah. So. All right, you ready? All right. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Lonnie Johnson went, was the second player, second 